This is the Tailored Transformations Podcast, where you will hear relatable transformation stories from our personal clients that will inspire you to create change in your own life. My name is Cody McBroom, and I am the founder and CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online fitness and nutrition coaching company, and I am proud to introduce the host of our Transformation Podcast, Ariel D'Ampert. All right, so I'm going to intro this episode today, and I'm excited to dive into probably the only interview for the Taylor Transformation Podcast that I will actually host. Uh, but as as the listener knows, I am Cody McBroom. I am the founder of Taylor Coaching Method, and today with me, I have the host of the Taylor Transformations Podcast, who I will be interviewing today, and that's Ariel. And this is going to sound funny. This is going to be um, this is going to make me sound like I don't know you at all which is not the case. <laughs> but I said this uh, to Travis as I was recording the intro beat thing. I was like, Ariel? Ariel? Which one? The first one. Ariel. The first one. Okay. I Ariel. probably, and then I was like, and I think I said this to him too. I was like, I say it like my my basketball shot. It's different every single time. <laughs> every That's time <laughs> I say her name, I think I switch it back and forth. Um but that's actually easier because I believe that's uh, how the Little Mermaid says her name, right? Ariel. The Little Mermaid's more like Ariel. She spells it okay. a little differently. Okay. But I think everyone has a different spin on it, so I'm pretty like immune to it now. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that's it. That's it, my name. That's it's fine. one of those names. You you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. Um, even actually, this is not one of those names, but like a, a kind of similar. Shannon, my wife, usually there's like multiple ways of spelling it. Which is, yeah. you know what I mean? But she spells it different than everybody. It's S-H-A-N-N-E-N, which is very weird. So I always joke with her and say Shannon. Because, Shannon. Yeah, it's Shannon, but I always say Shannon because it's not like yeah. Shannon or whatever. But anyway, um, I have yeah. Ariel on the podcast today. And uh, I'm really excited about this because this is uh, episode two of the coaches, uh, like the origin story, so to speak. And I'm excited to dive into this because I know how powerful your story is and how passionate you are about coaching. And I, I really want to just bring that out of you for the listeners to hear because the whole point of this podcast uh, entirely is for the listeners to hear who we are, what we do, why we do it, and the impact we've had on clients over the years as, as coaches but also before we get into the client journeys it's also to shed light on what fitness and nutrition has done for us personally and why we do what we do today so before we get into your story um name and your certificates and credentials i think that's something that um i haven't we didn't say on on mine which it doesn't matter and for the most part to be honest with you it doesn't always matter but i always think it's important i yeah. want people to know that like hey we actually we not only know what we're doing we legally are certified yeah, do. to do what we're doing. So um, just a just a brief like background of, of your credentials, education, kind of that stuff. And then we're going to dive into your story. Yeah. And I think it's really beneficial because, um, you know, as we share, like there is evidence, there is science, there is research to the things and having the understanding of the why is really powerful. And in what makes, I think, like tailored coaching so powerful is that we have that and we have the anecdote and we have the personal experience and I've lived it and I've coached hundreds of women through it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I come from an education background. Um, I have a bachelor's in science and one of my master's degrees is in curriculum and design. And so a lot of that was studying the nuances of how does our brain learn new information and take it in. And then I have another master's in psychology. And so just it's in developmental psychology, which is really aids itself in that cycle. And so that's 
like formal education and then certifications on top of that. I, and as we unfold and talk a little bit about my story, it was really important for me to understand all of the lenses in which we can apply nutrition. So I have my CSSN one, which that was a, that was a fun team one that you had us do. Um, I have a precision nutrition um, certification. I'm an intuitive eating counselor. Um, I have a certification in mindful nutrition. I have the NASM bodybuilding one. I forget the letters. And I, I think there's one other bodybuilding like, and physique coach, something, something like that. Something like that. So everything from intuitive eating to yeah. bodybuilding and yeah. all the nuances in between. Um, I think there's like seven nutrition certifications. Sometimes I forget the letters, but that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. A lot of us have alphabet behind our names and that's a good thing. And um, yeah, the CISSN is, is a, uh, it's a really good stamp of approval, but I will, excuse me, I will say it's like uh, memorizing a dictionary. It's just, <laughs> it is, oh. uh, you gotta know your shit to do it, but it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a mouthful. Let's just say that. But um, I love uh, the spectrum of certifications you have because I think that one of the most difficult questions I answer to coaches who DM me on Instagram, they're like, what do you think the best nutrition cert is? Or, hey, what are your thoughts on this? I'm like, well, and, and it's like, you can't just have one. So they'll say like, well, what do you think about PN? I'm like, well, PN's great for habitual uh, eating and, and, and uh, behavior change and habits and formation and um, emotional intelligence. I mean, it's great. And, uh, but if you want to deep dive into periodization and macros and the science stuff, it's probably not the number one to go with. There's other ones that are really helpful as well. And then they're like, well, what do you have? And I'm like, well, I have PO1 and PN2 and MNU and CISSN and NCI. And it's like the same thing. I have all the spectrums because if you leave one out, you're missing a, a piece of the puzzle. You know, like we have this big pie. We want to fill all the sections of it. Um, this is, it allows us to truly be tailored, right? Yeah. Because as I, as I talk to clients and I'm like, Hey, okay. So what's your goal? Like, what do you want to achieve over the next couple of months? What do you want to achieve in a year? And where do you want to be like in a couple of years from now? And sometimes I work with, I like to call her soccer mom, Susie. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I played soccer growing up, but like, you know, just mom, she's like, I'm be honest. I don't want to track forever. And I'm like, that's totally cool. Like we have steps and that we can totally make that transition and know that there are seasons and being equipped, um, like in all spectrums to help anyone mm -hmm. walk through their journey and get to their goal um, is really important. So, yeah. 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 And, and that's, it's a good point because I think a lot of people, I get that same question. Like, so do you track on Saturdays? No. What about on vacations and stuff? If you're in like in a cutting? No. What about like, is that the same as when you're at Manus? Yeah. Like I, I track during the week to make sure I like, I basically track Monday and then repeat through Friday. And then I intuitively some days, cause you learn this shit, right? And I think that's really important for people to know. So, um, but I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad that um, you mentioned like that's how to become truly tailored. So uh, real quick, probably dumb question. I think I know the answer before we get into the rest of the podcast. Uh, PhD is a doctorate. Master's is different. Master's isn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have like your associates would be after like two years. Right. Bachelor's or master's is generally six and PhD is. Dr. Brandon Roberts. Yeah, your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that's that's what I thought. I thought it was like, I think it's six years from my I just want to make sure. So, yeah, six um, years. school. I'm impressed by a bachelor. So, I mean, like, master's is insane <laughs> to me. So, um, the, the first question I have for you in this, outside of the, the credentials questions, is what was the transformation you personally made through fitness and nutrition? Because I think it's important for people to... Um, I, I made a post about this yesterday or the day before or whatever. I was like, if you're a trainer and you don't look fit, then... 
something's wrong here. Right. <laughs> and, and people, yeah. there was a lot of people that had questions about this. And I was like, it, it's, it's not about being shredded. It's about having experience doing it yourself, walking the walk. And we've all walked the walk. You're currently walking the walk again, cause you're prepping right now um, for a show. Yeah. But what was your transformation physically? And if that bleeds into a little bit of the, the mental, emotional kind of spiritual side, that's totally fine too. But I just want to know for the listeners, like what was your personal transformation? Yeah. Uh, uh, so much value in what you just said. But so growing up, I would say I was pretty much overweight majority of um, my life. And this, yeah, I just honestly, as time went on, I just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and, you know, it was lots, lots of fast food. Me and my sisters laugh now talking about all the snacks and things that we used to just eat with abandon. But um, I think it was my senior year of high school. No, my junior year of high school, my junior year of high school, I played soccer and I rode the bench and I wanted to start so bad. I wanted to start. I wanted to be captain of my team my senior year. And I was like, oh, I just remember like talking to my mom about it. And I knew in my heart, like being so heavy was slowing me down. And so I was like, okay, let me just start with something. And so I started to just incorporate more exercise. I really didn't know. It was kind of like some fad diet thing that I did. And I lost some weight and it was really empowering. And I actually did become captain my senior year and it was an incredible um, transformation, but I didn't learn anything on the process. I think this is a huge thing. And this is why people bounce from like thing to thing because they don't actually understand the science behind it. Mm -hmm. So I was, so I went through that and then I gained the weight back, right? And I was like, okay, well, let me try another one. I think I probably did like keto or Weight Watchers or whatever it was. And I kind of yo-yoed for, from my senior year until I was 23-ish. So if you've tried the diet, so have I, 1 million percent. Um, and that is something that was, you know, kind of hard to navigate. And then when I turned 23, um, my husband, you know, my now husband proposed and I was like, okay, I'm going to get married. I really got to get it together. And that's where I took a little bit more time to actually learn more of the science behind the nutrition aspect. At that point, I was about 200 pounds. And so I'm five, five, if that puts it in context, but that's what, that's what I was at when he proposed to me. And I then began to pursue fitness in a, in a little bit of a different way where I was actually becoming educated and learning. We got married that summer and a friend was competing in a bodybuilding show. And I was like, Dennis, let's go, let's look, let's go see it. And watching the show, I thought it was so cool. I was like, I looked at Dennis and I was like, do you want to do this? Do you think we could do this? And he's, he, Dennis is so like up for whatever. He's like, yeah, sure. We had no idea what we were signing up for. Right. And so we decided to pursue it and we stepped on our first stage in 2014 together. So I've been competing for nine years, um, which is a really cool journey. And throughout that time frame, there were lots of ups and downs. And there were times where I, you know, struggled in my relationship with food. I was like, why am I overeating? Why am I going through this? Um, I put a lot of worth. I struggled with body image back and forth. And because of all of those ups and downs, it's made me the coach that I am today because there's nothing like empathy. Mm -hmm. Like when a client's like, hey, Ariel, I'm struggling with the scale. 
okay, cool. Like, let me, we're going to tackle this together. Like, let me talk you through and we're going to walk through steps on avoidance is a horrible coping mechanism. We're not going to throw it out the window and we can weigh ourselves without having it define our worth. And let me show you how, and let me show you why this makes sense. Right. And so we did that and it relationship with food. I mean, when you compete, you're, you're getting lean, lean, and your body is going to send some more hunger signals and being able to reverse out of that properly. Um, it's tough the first couple of times. And I can tell you, I just learned a lot of lessons and that actually is what brought me to kind of pursue the intuitive eating situation. Cause I'd heard on media, media I was like, everyone's like, just eat intuitively and it'll go away and you'll stop binge eating and stop overeating. There's a lot of nuance on that one that we can get into, but um, yeah, it was just trial and error and a refusal to give up and continue to pursue that. And so over the past, oh, and then, you know, in 2020, uh, COVID baby, I had a COVID baby girl, um, Gabriella, who um, she's two and a half now. And it was so cool because postpartum, I had all the tools and I was very equipped to be able to, um, get to a place where I felt very strong and empowered and confident. And then I pursued competing again. And so it was so funny because then um, at our bodybuilding show, the night show was super late. And, um, you know, my mom was like, I can watch Gabby if you don't want to bring her. And I said, are you kidding me? I am, she is a year old and I am a mom and I'm stepping on a bodybuilding show. I am bringing my daughter and she's taking a picture with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought her and so that's kind of where we are now. There's a lot of in-betweens, but every every time was a lesson learned. Yeah, there's so much there too. I think that um, a, a couple of things I want to highlight for the listener, knowing the type of person that's listening right now, is number one, I've talked about the four E's of coaching. And as we've gone through this podcast thus far, you've already displayed all of them. And I think it's really important for people to hear because what makes a coaching experience successful is when the coach has education, to back up what they're doing. They have experience both with themselves and with other people. They have a lot of empathy because they understand what you're going to. They've been through it themselves and they've coached people through it. And then last but not least, they have enthusiasm because they truly care about what they do and they light you up. If your coach is uh, just like boring and dull and like that's not going to help you, you know, obviously we don't want to only rely on motivation, but it's not going to help you stay motivated to continue doing what you're doing. You need those four E's and you've just displayed all of them beautifully. So I just wanted to point that out because it's really important. The other thing I wanted to point out is that unless people have followed you and seen your post about your before and afters, anything like that, they'll look at you. And, and I get this all the time too, because I grew up overweight. They'll look at you and say like, you weren't overweight. There's no way like, you know, and I just want to point that out because we just did a YouTube video on this as we're recording this. And it's important for people to know, like, I'm sure there was moments where you're like, ah, this is just my genetics. You know, maybe my parents were overweight and their parents were overweight or whatever it is. It's not your genetics, it's your epigenetics. The human body wasn't designed to be obese. Like there's just, there's no logic behind that. Your epigenetics is how your environment kind of shapes and, and can kind of, uh, your genetics can evolve to your environment, which is your epigenetics, which means it's changeable. Even the obesity gene, which is shown as a thing, shows that it's like, the smallest fractional thing. And it, and it does not show any kind of like negate to diet and exercise or, or lifestyle change. So you can still, like you might have a worse starting point, but again, that's just, that's epigenetics. Like if you're in an environment, you need to change that environment. That's what you guys did. Um, yeah. Which is just so, like so important. Yeah. Cause honestly, <laughs> so much. So both of my parents are overweight and um, for those 
I'm Puerto Rican. And there's like, my mom, we're just meant to be bigger. We're just meant to be thicker. Like, it's just going to happen. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, maybe this is just my set point, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote set point. Right. And it wasn't until I understand epigenetics. And it's so funny because when I was at that point where I was like, at my heaviest, of course, I was in college living off of beer and pizza, Hut, mm-hmm. right? You throw me at home. I was a little bit different. Yeah. If you threw me in all of these different situations, but that's definitely a narrative that so, so many women specifically, um, I mean, I'm sure guys do too, but it, it, that we have that it's like, yeah, I'm just, this is just how I am. Mm-hmm. You're not stuck. This is my reminder. You're not stuck. I promise, promise. Yeah. So was this, I mean, I got to imagine this transformation over time is what made you want to be a coach. Um, was there, uh, I know one pivotal moment about your journey was just joining TCM. Cause obviously that allowed you to get out of your day-to-day job and, and create a coaching career. But before that, I don't exactly know. And I would be curious to hear like, what was the, was there a moment where you were like, I'm going to do this for people. Or was it like one of those things where people start asking and you kind of start helping. And then you're like, holy shit, I'm helping a lot of people. I needed, or somebody is like, you should probably do this because you're really good at it kind of thing. Like, how did that, how did you decide? Like, I'm going to be a coach. Like, I'm going to do this for people. Yeah. I, yeah. The TCM moment was like super pivotal one. I think as I started seeing results innately, the way people are like, oh, how are you doing this? What are you doing? Tell me. And I would like kind of, you know, help people here and there. The thing about it is when you decide, you make that decision, I'm going to embark on this journey. I'm going to show up. Your entire life elevates Mm -hmm. every single aspect. And when I saw that bleed into how I was as a wife, as a teacher, as a friend, as a daughter, at like my fulfillment and happiness on the day to day, what it felt like to genuinely be confident to genuinely be confident, right? I was actually talking to someone and they were like, I know confidence is like within blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, hold up. We don't just like delusion ourselves into confidence. You know, like, oh, I'm confident. That's that's why it feels phony sometimes because that's delusion, right? Get tangible evidence, show up. There's That's unshakable. And it was when I had that and I just started stepping into like my own. I was like, this is so empowering. And then, you know, when we connected, when I like, you know, hounded you, uh, like ridiculously, um, I, we had chatted and at that point I was a mom and I saw all of the skills that I acquired through pursuing a healthy lifestyle bleed into the way that I parent. I had more patience. I had more gratitude. Mm-hmm. I had more structure for my daughter. Like Gabby's honestly pretty easy to take care of, but I know that it's, because I was very intentional on just like some routines and some habits. And, you know, if she's doing a temper tantrum, it's similar, like, you know, you have a craving or an urge or something. I'm like, girl, I've prepped before. Cry. That's fine. You can want it and not have it, little girl. So it's it's just so funny. And I was like, wow, it it genuinely has made me better in every single way. And I wanna, I wanna help women do this. And also through, like you were mentioning, like, I remember feeling stuck and that sucked. It sucked. And I remember feeling so frustrated and feeling broken. But like, when I took the time to actually study the brain and psychology and how it all works in tandem with actual evidence-based nutrition, I was like, no, no, no. 
people just need to be equipped with the tools, the skills and the support to navigate this. And so, and literally, who, guys, if I make it through the podcast without crying, we're gonna call it a win. <laughs> but like literally every single day and every single check-in, like my passion grows deeper my fire grows stronger. Mm-hmm. And like one of my girls texted me, um, she actually referred her friend and she sent me a message this morning. She's like, oh, I texted my friend this morning. And she said that, you know, she had a new low and she's feeling so confident. And then another girl posted, it was another mama. She sent me a picture in a bikini and she was like, I'm actually excited for summer. And I was like, you guys are making me cry at like 6 a.m. while I'm trying to finish up my cardio. And so my passion and my fire just continues to grow every single day with every single life and transformation. I love it. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to see, to be able to, lean into some of those things and it's really and that's one of the big things that I think training and nutrition and transformation and helping others and and all of this helps so much with I think the more reflective you can be the more aware you become and then the more you can actually change the actions the habits the attitudes the energy you bring everything right and you can be just so much uh, more intentional with what you do and it just brings so much more out of you and then, therefore, it brings so much out of other people, and it's, it's obviously very apparent. So um, you definitely fell into the right calling. That is, that's, that is for sure. Um, okay, so I want you to speak on a little bit of what I just mentioned, just because I think that it's something that you can probably, but probably bring out even more so than what you just talked about with your transformation, um, but do so in the lens of the person listening because I it, more than anything like I, I want to hear essentially like what your physical transformation like if you had to highlight one two maybe three at most things that like you talked about patience and being a better parent and, and so on and so forth but what are like the big things for you individually not for other people but for you and obviously those things shine on other people did that physical transformation do and and speak on it in a lens for the listeners so that they can find that themselves. Cause I think a lot of times what people do is they have a weight loss goal. They want to transform blah, blah, blah. And they get so focused on that, that they, for, they either fail to understand or realize, or they just have zero clue of what else it's going to bring them in their life. You know, like if I really think about what fitness has done for me, it is so much different than giving me abs or, or keeping like even different than living a longer life, which I will now, but it's not that, you know, so if you had to pinpoint one or two things that it brought you um, emotionally, mentally, um, that you really want to highlight for the listener specifically, what would those things be? Yeah. Um, it's a hard question. I know. No, it's not. A, it's a, it's a hard question. Cause I'm like trying to hold back the tears and <laughs> I just like, it's, it's a lot. Um, my heart is okay. So for those don't know, um, my daughter that we had, we went through infertility treatment and, um, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And, um, it's crazy. It's, it's, you know, I've encountered so many other women that have had to go through a similar process or have dealt with infertility in some form or fashion. And I remember, driving to the fertility clinic in the morning. And it was hard because it was a lot of injections, a lot of testing, a lot of unknown. And I remember telling myself, if you can diet, if you can prep, right, you can do hard things. And I remember I was like, if I could, if I, if I made it through that prep and I made it to stage, like I can do this. And I had a couple of like power songs 
through different dieting phases and I would play those on the drive there. And um, dieting and going through this transformation for me taught me that I can do literally anything in this world that the only ceiling I ever have is the one that I place upon myself. And every single time that I go through a fat loss phase, for me, it looks like prep because I'm crazy and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever I go through that, I acknowledge that I'm shattering a, le a level. And that's that's why I continue to do that, right? Because it's like um, my word of the year is fearless. And I think my fitness journey taught me to be fearless and to like, lean into that and that with time I can I can genuinely achieve anything and I can do anything and that is something that is transcend into every area of my life right so it turns into be like like for example you know god willing next year Dennis and I we um, are gonna try another treatment and see what happens and that is a big like almost why for me competing this year um not nothing to do with my body I'm training my mindset right now to give my 100% and know that I'm not in control of the outcome. Anyone who is familiar with competing or whatever, and even dieting to some extent, there are variables and you show up every day and yes, we're going to see a result, but we're not exactly 100% in control ever, really. Are you still willing to give 100% even if that outcome isn't there? Are you still willing to show up like we're doing this podcast. What if no one listens, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, realistically people are going, but like, what if no one listens, yeah. but we're willing to do the work regardless. I'm willing to show up regardless. I'm willing to go through the treatment, even if it doesn't end up in a baby, mm -hmm. I'm willing to give my 100% every single day and show up when I'm tired and whatever else is going on in life and know that I might get dead last. That's okay. The power and like, that is such a skill to be able to show up with the effort, the tenacity, the passion, the drive, and be okay with whatever outcome happens as a byproduct. And that is something that's so powerful and like it legit like gives me goosebumps thinking about it because that is a, a something that, you know, I really work on with some of my girls and clients. It's like, let's, let's detach from the number or the abs or whatever it is. It'll come, Yeah, it'll come. But like, that's how we fall in love with the process and the journey. That's what creates the longevity. That's what creates a, like the success, right? And it's like, that's who I am. That's my identity. I'm going to show up with my best. And so kind of a long-winded answer, but I think if I had to boil it down to like one thing, I, I guess this one thing would just be like pursuing fitness in this way taught me that I can achieve anything. The only limits are the ones that I set on myself. And with patience and effort and hard work, it'll always be worth it regardless of the outcome. Yeah, I love that. I think that there's two things I want to dissect from that. One is something, I don't know if I've heard you literally say, but we've had conversations about this and it's being grateful for difficulty. So yeah. it sounds very weird for some people listening, but like going, becoming grateful for the difficult things that you go through is a trait of successful people. And I think when you can begin to be grateful for difficulty and adversity and challenge, um, you're going to grow so much as an individual because 
there's nothing you can't do, like you just said. And there's nothing that's going to come forward at you that you're not going to be well equipped to handle. And I think we all can think of somebody right now that we respect, love, appreciate, look up to because they have so much poise and confidence and control in uncertain situations. And that's something that I think we all strive to accomplish and be in our lifetime. And so the best way to become that person, uh, you know, one of my mentors and great friends, I look at him as a brother, Andreas taught me a lot about this just by watching him, you know, and I think when you can learn how to be calm, confident, certain in control, what seems like uncertain variables you become a completely different person and so much more successful, let alone a, a role model to the people that you are here to be a role model for. Um, and that's, so that's, that's a really big one. The other thing I just want to say that you do, and I don't know if you have tips for people thinking about this is looking at things um, from the effort perspective. So I am, so my goal with us doing this podcast is for more people to listen to the podcast who are on the fence about coaching or who don't know if getting a coach is the thing they need to do, or they're curious about journeys other people are going through. And my hopes is that it's going to motivate more people to invest in themselves, whether it's with us or just with themselves to become better, right? That's a goal, but I can't guarantee that. Like you said, my goal with my cut right now is to have a certain look by summer. I can't guarantee that. Um, all these different things. But if I show up every day, just giving my all, I'm going to be successful no matter what, because I can at least say I put in 110% effort into everything I do. How do people get to that place? Like what, what is your advice for people when it's like, yeah, that's easier said than done, which I understand. But how do you get to the place where like you care more about the effort you put forward than the result you get at the end of the road? Yeah, I think this, this is a difficult one. And one that I, you know, learned it firsthand. I think when it, when it comes to this very tangibly and like, and this is one thing that I always like to do. I like to leave like handlebars, right? Like, but what's something like tangible I can do? Cause we can talk like philosophy and all sounds good and well, my, I, my starting thing with this is whenever you're setting a goal, give it a time bound thing. So like, whether it's like a cut or whatever, like, Hey, I'm going to pursue this these are my non-negotiables. This is what I'm committing to for my own self and honoring my own word, right? For this amount of time, good players pivot. If you get to the end of that and you don't see a result or things didn't work out, pivot, change. If we do this podcast and absolutely zero downloads for, you know, a couple of, you know, we said, okay, we're going to set three months. We're going to continue to show up. We're going to do the episodes. We're going to do it. We're going to love it. And at three months, if we stop and we're like, okay, nope, we can pivot. You can always pivot. Mm -hmm. There's a new season. There's a new day. But set a time frame for yourself that's doable, that's realistic, and and show up. And just commit to following through with that. And know that, like, that is how you develop that relationship with yourself. And, you know, we've talked about this. If sometimes people will be like, oh, I, I struggle with self-control, right? We know that the precursor to that is self-belief. We know the precursor to that is confidence. We know confidence is built through evidence. So guess what? At the end of this, I can't control that, but I know I'm going to have more self-control because I'm going to have more evidence. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do those things. It's, n I'm not, a, and then this, this is really ultimately, if we take it like on a high level, it's the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. It's not labeling this as like, 
my cut was a failure because I didn't get abs at the end of it. I mean, like I got, I lost some weight, but I didn't get the abs. So I'm a failure now. And like, I probably shouldn't try dieting again. No, I can still pursue the goal and I still want it. And let me just try a different, let me try a different approach or switch them something up, change a variable there. And so I think that's, that's a, like a great way to start building that momentum. The other huge one is celebrate your wins and celebrate your successes. Praise behavior gets repeated. It does not matter how old you are or where you are in life. Like, you know, we just got done pretty much finishing up potty training my daughter. Every time that child, yay, it was like a parade. Mm -hmm. She's like, mommy, you're so proud of me. I peed in the potty. And I was like, yes, baby girl, I'm so proud of you. Right. And that makes her want to go again. Guess what? That also works for my husband. Mm -hmm. So when I walk in the kitchen, if Dennis did the dishes and I'm like, hey, babe, thanks so much for doing the dishes. You are the best husband in the world. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. He's going to be like, oh, watch, I'm going to do the dishes again. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're excited to do it. But if I walk by the kitchen and I'm like, damn, it's about time you do the fucking dishes. Like I've been doing them all week. He's what are the chances he's going to do it again? So guess what? The way that you talk to yourself is exactly the same. If you get to the end of the day, you hit your macros, you got your workout in, you did the cardio and you're like, okay, fine. Did what I was supposed to do. Finally, fucking got it together. What are the chances you're going to do that again? Mm -hmm. No, celebrate what you did because there's joy in that. At the end of the day, anything we're pursuing is for a feeling we want to invoke, right? I want to get leaner because I want to feel more confident. I want to feel more fulfilled. I want to feel accomplished. I want to feel proud. Okay guess what? You can feel that every day. So that is how you fall in love with just the day-to-day. I just got done doing a lot of cardio on the stairs. And guess what? I didn't get off and be like, okay, check the box. I I was like, I threw myself a party. I made Dennis tell me congratulations. I walked downstairs. I was like, I did my cardio today. He's like, great job, babe. I know I'm reinforcing that to myself. So guess what? This, the feeling that I want to invoke at the goal, I'm, I, I got today and I'm gonna get tomorrow, and I'm gonna get the next day. That's, now it's my identity. Now it's effortless. Like everyone's kind of chasing this, like, oh, I just want it to be easy and effortless. You know how things become easy and effortless? They're automatic. How is anything automatic? It's in your subconscious brain. How does it get in your subconscious brain? Reps, mm-hmm. reps. It's like the same as like driving somewhere, right? Like, wow, that was really easy and effortless to get there. I bet you the first time you drove to whatever like your work facility is, it's not easy and effortless. You set the GPS, you had to pay attention, you turn the radio down, right? But after doing it so many times, getting so many reps, it's in your subconscious, it's automatic, it's easy and effortless. Same goes with your fitness and nutrition journey. Yeah. So it's everything. It's, we talked about this last week when we were doing the other interview and you were like, I was looking up some interviews and you know, you were kind of like talking about like improving, which I think is good. You study how to do something, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't even, I don't think I've ever looked anything up. I've just done 875 episodes of the podcast. <laughs> and so now I'm, I'm used to it, you know, and it, it's just reps. And I think too, like something to point out there is that two things. One, I think that there's a lot of people who fail to be successful in whatever they're pursuing because they think these things are cheesy. And I used to be this person. I'm like, meditation is like woo woo hippie shit. I don't need to do that. Or like, okay, you go journal. Like, I just was like, that stuff's lame. Like, I don't need that. Like I'm a boss. I can just like push through this shit, you know? 
because I thought it was cheesy or like I would see people like be overly positive. And sometimes I knew they were being overly positive, not because they were actually so excited, but they were trying to shift their brain because they were being negative. And when they found themselves being negative, they were aware enough to exaggerate their positivity in order to change their state. And at first I'm like, that's cheesy. That's not me. That's embarrassing. And being a parent helps us because you learn to just embarrass yourself and not give a fuck. But yeah. like, <laughs> but once I stopped worrying about what other people think or what things were cheesy and what weren't, it was so much easier for me to actually look at the glass half full instead of half empty and actually focus on putting my effort in to avoid regretting not trying hard later versus worrying about the actual result and all these different things. Um, and it was the, the phrase easier said than done became like non-existent because it wasn't that anymore. It was actually easy to do because I trained myself to do it through reps. Right. And I think that there's so many people who just fail to do it because they're like, oh, that's cheesy and they don't dive into it. And the second part of that is when you forget to celebrate, reward yourself, you're essentially leaving that like dopamine kick off the table. Right. A lot of us don't understand that because nowadays it's so subconscious. You play video games, you get a high score. That's dopamine. You don't realize somebody liked your post. You get all giddy. That's dopamine. You don't realize you just get addicted to social media. Well, get addicted to positive success because you can do it for yourself. But you have to force it. And sometimes that means you forget and then you realize like, ah, fuck, I didn't do it well or I wasn't very excited. Okay, let me get my journal out. Let me write how dope I am right now. Let me write some appreciation and some affirmations for myself and what I just did. Or even for, for like, I learned this with uh, my wife, same thing that you just talked about with Dennis, right? Like I would go the house would be spotless or something and I wouldn't even notice or I would notice and just not really think much about it. Cause I'm not like I'm a words of affirmation guy. Like the house yeah. can be filthy. I don't, I don't, it's not going to like change my life. And then I would apologize for not recognizing it sooner as much as I, my, my stubbornness didn't want me to, I would go back and be like, Hey, like I totally ignored the fact that the house is spotless. Thank you so much. This is amazing. It smells better. It feels better. I just love this, you know, because I would have to recognize that I didn't do it. And I know she needs that affirmation, just like I need that affirmation. And I'll love the affirmation, whether she gives it to me right away, or I'm like, damn, she didn't even notice. And then 20 minutes later, she comes back and apologizes for not noticing and tells me it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to feel the same way regardless. So you got to do that shit to yourself too. Yeah. 100%. I think sometimes people, um, are like, oh, I don't like, they shouldn't need the praise yeah. or the validation. And I'm like, why do you have a brain? Yeah. Do you have a normal human brain? Okay, cool. Then we all want to be validated. Mm -hmm. And we can see this time and time again, too, when we talk about anecdote of like personal experience, experience with clients, and also in research, when you look at big companies or whatever it is, the companies that have the highest like employee retention, all those things, they get validated. Mm -hmm. They get praised. It's and, and on the complete opposite end, like, why did you leave? I just feel like they don't appreciate me. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and so know that the most important relationship you will ever have in your life is the one in which you have with yourself. And so just like your husband, your kid, your boss need, and like it, it we can say the need like psychologically, like need that validation praise. We are beings of love and belonging. Like that, that is a foundational need we all have. You have to be willing to do that with yourself. It's something I talk about, like becoming your own best friend. Sometimes in the moment, it seems so hard to follow through. Like, Oh, I said I was going to meal prep, but I don't want to meal prep. And um, I, I I shared this little example. You know, sometimes when you go out of your way because you really love someone and like you, let's say you stop and get something for Shannon, you go get her flowers. It's more time. It's money. You had to think about it. You go out of your way 
and you buy her flowers and probably on the way home you're like I can't wait to give these to her she's gonna be so excited she's gonna smile she's gonna love me more like I love it yes right you did all of those things for her what if we treated our future self that way what if I thought about future Ariel and I'm like yeah I don't feel like meal prepping now but I know come Monday morning I'm gonna be so excited at my past self for taking care of me and so I can sit there in this moment and because I've cultivated that relationship with myself, right? I honor my word and I can be my own best friend. It's like, of course, I, I would do anything for those I love. Like Dennis, my mom, like, I, I, yeah, oh, you need me to do here, this, buy this, go there, you know, take this out, sure. And so when it comes to me, my ability to say like, no, I, I care about myself enough to like, I care about my future self enough to be successful it allows present me to show up, right? And again, when we're talking about our past selves, like we need to stop with the like guilt, shame that those are literally useless emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, what can I learn from my past self? What did it teach me that I can implement today? And then kind of, you know, go forward with and thinking about her. Yeah, I love that. That's that That's that future frame kind of talk. And it's so, so important. There's an old stoic quote from Marcus Aurelius that basically says something to the effect of, the, the normal person cares so much about what others think yet so little about what they think about themselves. It's, it, and it's so true. Like you're so concerned about what everybody else thinks about you and you're so focused on helping other people or, or getting people to think highly of you, but you forget to think about yourself. And that's not, you know, the exact same as like me doing something special for Shannon, not for myself, but to an extent it's, it's, it, it still brings us back to like, what are you doing for you? And, and I'm a dude but I've coached a lot of women and moms are the most guilty of this without a doubt. I've talked to too many moms where I'm like, Hey, it's, it's time to put more effort and time and investment into yourself because it's only going to make you better for your kids and for your husband and for anybody in your life, you know, and they, you give so much, you pour so much energy into everybody else. You need to pour it back in yourself a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the last thing I want to, to ask you today is essentially like, I don't want to make it too broad and just say, what do you want to leave the listeners with? But more or less like speaking on the clients you've worked with up till this point over the years, what do you feel like is like uh, from the perspective of obviously giving a, a good takeaway for the listeners, but what is the the biggest thing that stands out to you as far as what holds people back? Like all the people you work with, what is what really holds them back the most and what is your biggest piece of advice? I think that a lot of people think their their problems are very individual and they are to an extent, but a lot of times they're more common than people realize. So what are like the, what's the biggest thing that you see holding people back and how, how do you want to give them the best tip to, to get through that? To navigate that. Yeah, no, 100%. So I, I'm going to, I'll share two. One is like on the aspect, more on the front end of getting started. Everyone is scared. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, and you're thinking about coaching or signing up or pursuing something, there's probably a fear there. And that's something that I always, I'm like, I, I will always say like starting a new client, I'm like, okay, so what are you scared of, mm. right? Are you scared of following, uh, like being able to follow through with the protocol? Are you scared of, you know, um, like maybe you think you can do it, but you're not gonna be able to maintain it. Maybe you're worried about what other people are gonna think. How much is it gonna change your life, right? Fear is going to be there. And that is literally, just a, especially, especially if you've tried other things, if you've tried other coaches, if you've tried um, other diets in the past and they haven't worked out for you, 
that is literally your ego trying to keep you safe, right? Because your ego is like, oh, we've been down there. Your ego's job is to keep your self-esteem as high as possible, right? And so when you try something and you perceive it, perception, if you perceive it as a failure, your self-esteem gets lowered. And so your ego is like, no, we've been down here before. Don't try it again. Don't try it again. And so it's just going to keep generating these automatic negative thoughts of you are going to fail and or this negative fear. So thing number one is if you're scared, that's normal. That tells me you have a human brain. And no matter what you're scared of, I promise you it's something that we can work through, right? So that's going to come up. And then as far as um, some a, a struggle or something that comes up is there's there's a lot with the like, you know, all or nothing, black or white perfection, like the cognitive distortions mm -hmm. that kind of come into play. And I think people believing like it's a me problem, right? Like, so for example, I did a training on like ending overeating. And one of my girls was like, I don't know why I keep, I, I just like, I can't figure this out. I'm like, I would not make a whole training on ending overeating. And we would not be here if that was something that was just you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I know that's always so freeing to know that it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not broken. Yeah. You're not alone. You know, like, yeah, I've never had someone come in and like, Hey, here's, here's the protocol. Here's what we're going to do. Wow. Ariel followed everything immaculately, perfectly to a T 100%. Like, no, my kid got sick. I got sick. I had a work late. Life happened. I had soccer on the weekend. My family came into town. My daughter brought pizza. Guess what? The messier, the better. That's another thing I want to say. The when you decide, hey, you know what? I want to pursue. I want to sign up for coaching. I want to work through. I always like, is this like a messy season of life? Yes, let's do it. Because when you, because through every experience, you're going to be equipped with tools and knowledge and skills, right? And so, if we can pursue your goals in the midst of all of that, are you kidding? Everything else is going to be a cakewalk after that. So I think fear is normal and expected. You're not going to follow things perfectly and that's okay. We will pivot in your journey and it's seasons. It's seasons. There are phases. I think a lot of people um, hesitate. They're like, oh, but is this like really going to be like super sustainable? But I don't know. You know, I think I'm focusing too much energy on like track. I'm thinking about food. I don't want like there's a season. If you want a behavior change, you're going to focus on it a lot, right? During a season of time. Um, and no, I don't even know, like the way I eat now, is it going to be the way that I eat in five years? I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. Like I don't need that so much. That's so pressure inducing that I think holds a lot of people back when they're like, well, I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z and have this. And it's, is it sustainable? I don't, who knows you could die tomorrow. And I don't mean to be like morbid or dramatic, yeah, but the reality is, is stop putting so much pressure on yourself to figure out the perfect thing. Because I can tell you the way that I ate pre Gabby is different than I need everything on the go now, which might be different if, you know, we're blessed with two kids, which might be different if, you know, I don't know, even, even the freaking seasons, I eat different in the summer than I do in the winter. Yeah. And so I think that's a big one that holds people back in just their journey. It's like feeling like, Oh, I need the perfect antidote. Yeah. Instead, let's work on your mindset, your relationship with food, your background knowledge and understanding, and how to apply all of those skills in different areas, arenas. Cause like, you know, you shared, you recently went to Disney, right? I was in prep two weeks out. So 
for anyone who knows, like I was like really lean towards the end of my diet. And my mom's like, let's do a family vacation to Florida. Okay, mom, I'm not going to miss it. Are you yeah. kidding? I am a mom. I am a daughter. I, I want to bring my family there. So I was like, okay, let's pack it up. And then we did it. I, you know what? I didn't bring, I didn't bring a food scale. I didn't bring a single prepped thing. I brought two tuna packets in my backpack because my daughter had her diaper bag. We flew spirit. I couldn't bring anything extra. Right. So, but because I acquired the skills and I took the time during a season that was more focused on food, right? Like I was a season where I like, I'm really going to hone in and develop the skill. I'm going to learn what four ounces of chicken looks like. I'm going to learn what a, you know, hundred grams of blueberries looks like. Right. I had all that. Mm -hmm. I navigated the whole trip, right? We were in an Airbnb, you know, just Instacarted some food. My mom went to Walmart. I was like, yeah, just grab like some like chicken or fish, whatever they have in a couple bags of green veggies. I made it work. Yeah. I stepped on stage. Everything was great because I had the skills and the tools, right? And so stop waiting for the perfect time because it's when things are the messiest, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. It's so um, true. And just being able to apply those. It's consistency over perfection. You know, yeah. e again, easier said than done. But I love the, the way you put that and just getting people to think about now and focus on the present and the season they're in because I, I've said this countless times, but like, and I did this equation for a post once, but it's like the average person lives at 79 years old. And if you spend one full year super dialed in tracking figuring out learning all these skills that's still less than one percent of your total life on earth so even mm -hmm. if you, like yeah. you know like regardless there's no way you're going to do what you're doing now for the rest of your life and you shouldn't be worried about that you should be focused on let's focus on the year like and there's gonna be different seasons within that year and even then that's still less than one percent so don't overthink think it people yeah i think people really hold themselves back because like i'm in a bodybuilding prep right now and i'm actually like three weeks out from my show and it, is what I'm doing sustainable? No, not by any stretch of the imagination, but does that mean I shouldn't pursue it? Right. Because this is so fulfilling. And this is me shattering that like, like I always say this at the end of a prep, the Ariel that is going to wake up on, Ooh, I'm getting emotional because I feel it. Mm -hmm. um, my show's on April 8th. And so the Ariel that wakes up on April 9th will be a better version of herself because she showed herself how resilient she was and how much grit she had and how much she showed up regardless of how she was feeling in the moment. And I would hate to like rob myself of this like beautiful experience of building confidence and breaking limiting beliefs and like showing up for my friends, for my clients, for my daughter in the way that I do, because I'm not going to eat like this forever. Yeah. I'm not going to work out this forever. Yeah. It's so, so, so damn true. I love it. Um, gosh, there's, there's just so much, so much good, information and content in this. Um, I'm glad we were able to bring this out and I'm glad we did it right now because I think this is the perfect time you're prepped to really shine light on some of this stuff. Um, yeah. But for the listeners, uh, real couple quick things before we wrap up. Number one, if any of this touched you, uh, resonated with you, gave you that feeling like you need to figure out more or whatever, go to tailoredcoachingmethod.com. There's a big yellow button on the front page. Just click that thing, fill out the form. You'll get a free call with us. You can also email either one of us Ariel or Cody at tailoredcoachingmethod.com if you have any questions. Um, all this stuff will be in the description of this podcast, but we want to make sure that you reach out and you ask us your questions. Get on a free call. It's risk-free. There's no commitment there. Um, if you're on the fence, like this is what we do for a living, literally 24-7, and we are here to help you. So please, please reach out if that is you. Um, and next, please let us know. Um, I don't want to butcher it. So where can they find you on Instagram so they can go follow you there as well? Um, it's at Mrs. Diemper. So Mrs. Dot. D-E-Y-A-M-P-E-R-T. And we will put that in the description as well. So if you enjoyed this podcast, leave it a five-star rating and review and make sure you share it on Instagram. Tag us both 
at Cody McBroom and at Mrs. Deampert. And those will both be in the description um, so that we can share it on our story. And thank you for listening. So um, that's it, guys. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye.